You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Rico Daily. I'm Adam Clark Estes. Last week, there was a massive manhunt in New York City for the person who shot 10 people in a crowded subway car in Brooklyn. The shooting happened at the 36th Street station at the height of rush hour. Authorities are looking for a suspect who was seen with a gas mask and an orange construction vest. The good news? The New York City subway has a robust system of surveillance cameras. There are thousands of them placed in and around the city's 472 stations. The bad news? At the actual station where the crime occurred, they dropped the ball. It didn't work. Stephen Nesson, the transportation reporter for WNYC, is here to explain how the NYPD uses cameras on the subway to catch crime and what went wrong during the shooting last week at the 36th Street station. I mean, there are crimes every day in New York City from petty stuff, pickpocketing, fare evasion, things like that. And there are cameras trained on every turnstile where people enter the subway system. About half of them are monitored in real time by the NYPD. You know, the busy stations, Times Square, 34th Street, Lower Manhattan, a lot of those stations that are highly trafficked, some of the busiest in the city, making them really some of the busiest train stations in the world. When a crime occurs, it's a lot of like backtracking, like where did it happen? What time was it? Let's go back to the video. They'll pull a screenshot of the perpetrator or the suspect and they'll blast that stuff on social media. So you'll see immediately this person's wanted for this crime. And it happens pretty fast most of the time, especially in one of those heavily trafficked stations. And by my latest count, there are 472 subway stations in New York City. How many cameras does that add up to? Well, the MTA says there are 10,000 cameras in total. Every station is covered. However, not all cameras are created equal. They're not all, you know, the super high quality monitored in real time cameras. I'm told some of those maybe aren't as effective as they could be. So all of the 472 subway stations now have cameras in them. What about the trains? The trains do not. This is something that the Transit Workers Union has been pushing for predominantly because transit workers interact with the public so often. They are frequently uh, the victims of crime, whether it's spitting or yelling or hitting, you know, verbal assaults. And the Transit Workers Union does want cameras on all the trains so they can, you know, have evidence of this. But to date, it hasn't happened. It's expensive. You know, there's all different kinds of train cars throughout the system. And they just haven't really figured out how to do that yet. So would it be correct to say that the trains themselves are kind of a blind spot for the MTA and the NYPD? Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, that said, there are, you know, police patrolling the trains at any given time. Especially this year, there's been a a renewed push to get uniformed officers patrolling the physical trains, because like you said, it has been a blind spot. There have been several crimes on the train, so they're trying to at least increase the visible presence of police. But 472 stations, thousands of train cars every day, There's no way they can be everywhere all the time. 
I should add that it was really after 9-11 that I think the MTA discovered a major blind spot that there were not widespread surveillance and there was a real need for it and concern. So the agency embarked on this years-long effort to install surveillance cameras throughout the system. But the MTA, as you may know, is just a gigantic organization. Things get convoluted quickly and contracts get expensive. And believe it or not, an effort that started after 9-11 just concluded last year. So sort of a 20 years long slog to get some sort of surveillance throughout the system. And do we know who's actually in charge of making sure all these cameras work? Is it the MTA? The NYPD and the MTA sort of jointly monitor these feeds, these live feeds. It's a mix. It's a mix. So going back to last week in the shooting at the 36th Street Station, from what I understand, the camera system is what ultimately helped police track down a suspect. But what actually happened? So the surveillance cameras at 36th Street, while I guess they were operating, were not sending a feed anywhere. There was a deadline, whether it was like an internet connection, some sort of connection problem. So it wasn't feeding video in real time. So from what we saw from some anonymous police sources, they complained that that really stymied their ability to track down the suspect in this case. The MTA says, whoa, 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 it wasn't that bad. Like, yes, that camera didn't work, but... There are 600 cameras alone on the two subway lines that the suspect took. So they're easy to catch other footage of him entering the station and leaving the station at other places. And it didn't take too long for the NYPD to track down exactly where he entered the system. And they had very clear footage of the suspect. So it wasn't like they had absolutely no footage of this guy, but they didn't have it at the place where the crime occurred. And we should also add that the surveillance footage helped them identify the suspect. It didn't help them catch him. It's still unclear exactly who's responsible, but it sounds like from what we've heard, he called in the tip himself, basically turning himself in and then walked away and several bystanders spotted him. But uh, it wasn't necessarily surveillance footage that tracked him down, but it identified him in the first place. Is this an example of the system failing or the system working like it's supposed to? I suppose it's a mix of the two, right? It definitely worked at the stations where they captured him entering the system, but at the actual station where the crime occurred, they dropped the ball. It didn't work the way it was supposed to. And boy, that really stinks when it's the camera at the scene of a crime when you want that footage as quickly as possible. I'm really curious now, how common are these kinds of malfunctions and outages of cameras on the subway? The MTA says, oh, you know, at any given time, maybe... 3% of our cameras are down, and there are 10,000 cameras. So it it is a lot of surveillance going on. I should say also, you know, after the shooting, I was at the scene and I'm watching cops just going into every single restaurant and bodega, checking their surveillance footage to see if there's any information. There's a slew of it out there. (laughs) Given, you know, the state that we live in, there are cameras everywhere. But it is disappointing, I suppose, that the MTA's surveillance system, which they just finished installing, still has outages and it happened at the place where they really needed it the most. This was a scary event, uh, especially for people who live in New York. I live in New York. You live in New York. And I have to wonder, going forward, who's trying to make the subway safer? Who's trying to make sure these cameras don't fail when there's a major crime committed? And what do these ideas look like? Mayor Eric Adams is really, really trying to clamp down on an uptick in shootings in the city. And right after this incident occurred, one of the first things that he said was, we need a way to detect guns on the subway. Not necessarily like a metal detector, but 
he said some sort of device like they use maybe in major sports stadiums that can identify a gun in a crowd of people. We have not advanced with technology uh, for the cities uh, when it comes down to protecting citizens better. And I'm open to all technologies. You know, there's infrared cameras that could be trained on the public that could spot this sort of thing. Uh, and he called for that sort of technology, like he immediately wants to look into it. I sent my deputy mayor of public information uh, to go to several uh, conventions that look at the various new technologies. And there's a new method that can detect weapons that are not the traditional metal detectors that you see at airports. And the MTA, they were also embarrassed by this. There have been several shootings this year in the subway system. So this is an ongoing sort of crisis problem for them. And so they're amenable to at least looking into whatever technology is out there that might be you know, less intrusive to the public. To be a little bit cynical here, doesn't using more technology to fix the problems with technology kind of mean that there's just more things that could break? Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. Uh, you know, folks I talk with say that you really want to stop crime. It's really the old fashioned stuff that'll do it. Just put a body on a subway platform in a uniform and that immediately will deter some people from committing crimes. At least it'll be, you know, a set of eyes that's active and alert and can, you know, notify the police if something is happening right away. Doesn't need to be a uniform cop. You know, the MTA used to have people in uniform on the platform just to, you know, keep the peace, but direct people and have an extra set of eyes on there anyways. And they sort of scaled that back with their budget crisis and their budget crunch, sort of redirecting people and killing those job positions. We should add, though, of course, I spoke with some civil liberty watchdogs, the NYCLU, and other folks who are immediately raising flags like, whoa, 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 how come every time there's a crime, we have to like surveil the public even more when the current surveillance system we have didn't stop this crime from happening. So there's going to be that push and pull going forward, I think. You know, New York City, according to one of my fellow reporters, Charles Lane, is 14th in terms of surveillance in the world. So they're not even necessarily at the top of the pack when it comes to this, despite having some of the busiest train stations in the world. London has 10 times more cameras per square mile than New York. New Delhi has 20 times more cameras. And London has facial recognition software that goes with their cameras. So, you know, if you are looking for someone, the video is fed through this software algorithm and can identify a suspect right away. So there are other cities that are doing things that are high tech and, you know, work to a certain extent, at least. So I think you know, New York always likes to say, we're different, we're different, we're special. This is a unique environment. And it is, but our peers in other cities do have a more ramped up system. They prioritize this and found that this is what they want. Well, is there a specific city or two that New York looks at and thinks, well, maybe we could learn something from them? Everything in New York comes with a higher price. And at the end of the day, they're facing all kinds of budget shortfalls. You know, ridership hasn't returned from the pandemic. They're trying to modernize the subway system. And safety is, of course, paramount importance. But they also, you know, they want to run more trains more quickly. So I find New York is always very reactive to these sorts of things. You know, we had a, a shoving incident this year, which you may have heard about in January. A woman was fatally pushed into an oncoming train. And this renewed all kinds of other concerns about safety, not just, you know, surveillance cameras, but actual like platform screen doors, like some sort of thing like Paris has, you know, Seoul has. These are barriers in front of the train tracks that would prevent people from falling on the tracks, prevent people from killing themselves, of course, and prevent people from being shoved onto the tracks. They were like, 
oh, okay, okay, we'll look into installing this. We'll, we'll start with a pilot, and then if it works, we'll scale it up. And they were looking to, you know, Paris, looking at Seoul, Japan, looking at other places that have done this successfully. But they're also very slow to install these things just because New York is an old system. It takes time to install these things. But I wonder, both before and since the shooting, when you've talked to New Yorkers about what they think a safer subway would or should look like, what do they say? Yeah, it's a great question. And I always get a real mix. Some people think more cops are the solution. Some people think less cops are the solution because there's a, always a crackdown on sort of the low-hanging fruit, like someone jumps a turnstile. So, you know, they give them a ticket or they arrest this person. And disproportionately, it's people of color. I think there was a survey that found like 90% of tickets for fare evasion are black and brown people. And so there's always this like other group that's like, look, police are not going to solve this problem. And like I said, some people just want to see an MTA worker there on the platform, you know, keeping an eye on things. Other folks have said that better train service. So the trains, you know, they come more frequently. So you're not standing on a platform for 25 minutes, 30 minutes in the middle of the night uh, would also make people feel more secure. Well, I think it's also worth pointing out here that despite everything we've said about crime on the subway, the, the subway is not the hotbed of violence that you might be seeing in dystopian 1970s movies. The subway is actually much safer than it used to be. Is that right? Oh, without question. Even up until last year, they were saying it's some of the lowest crime they've ever seen in the history of tracking crime in the subways. On the other hand, you know, ridership is down about 2 million people compared to what it was before the pandemic. And crime levels are still somewhat comparable with what they were before the pandemic. So that means fewer riders, but still the same amount of crime. So that's of some concern to, to some people. There has been a slight increase in assaults on the subway and an increase in burglaries. But yes, compared to the 90s, compared to like the early 2000s, crime is way, way lower than it's been. And while there are a couple of murders each year, it's just that. It's a couple. So when you talk about crime is up 50%, it's like, well, it's up from a very low number to begin with. So that's right. It's not necessarily a hotbed of violence. And people ride all the time. They have to. A lot of folks, there is no other way to get around New York. People can't afford to take taxis. They can't afford to drive. So the subways really are the lifeblood of the city for getting folks around. Well, Stephen, thanks for joining us. Maybe I'll run into you on the L train. I hope so. Today's episode was produced by Taylor Macon and engineered by Melissa Ponce from Hemlock Creek Productions. I'm Adam Clark Estes. Thanks for listening. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.